grief. It's four o'clock. We're supposed to be at Grandmother's house for Thanksgiving by 4.30. I better talk to her and explain my dilemma. Hello? Grandma? This is Chuck. Uh, I mean, Charlie Brown. We're going to be a little late. You see, I invited a few friends over, and they're still here. Welcome to the Farmcast. I'm Dana Shinners. And I'm Emily Schwing. Today is our special edition Thanksgiving podcast with our executive director, Casey Hill. So, Casey, what are your fondest memories from Thanksgiving as a child? Yes, so my, well, most of my memories from Thanksgiving, um, and certainly my fondest memories, um, happened with um, my dad's side of the family. And uh, in Texas, I'm originally from Austin, Texas, and uh, my grandparents had um, some land. And you know, in Texas, it sounds very all very Texas, but it is true. At a ranch um, in Liberty Hill, um, which is just outside of Austin, and we would go out um, to stay with my grandparents. Um, I guess nearly every Thanksgiving, probably every Thanksgiving, um, and I'm the oldest of. Well, now, six cousins. At that time, it was four, and then five, and then six. Um, So we would all hang out with our grandparents and our aunts and uncles um, in Liberty Hill, Texas. The fondest memories, I would say, um, originate from, certainly from food. Most of my fond memories in life (laughs) are centered around food, Um, but also in being outside together. So I grew up at a time, and not to make you know it sound like, you know, I treasure uphill in the snow, you know, whatever, both ways. Is that even a saying? Um, but but I did grow up, I think, in a different time generationally from um, from youth um, and kids that I meet today because we were allowed to um, explore. I think much more than kids these days, or perhaps that parents um, feel safe letting their kids do these days. So. Um, my grandparents had quite a large, actually, piece of property, and um, we around, you know, I don't know, once in the morning and then once after lunch, you know, between mealtimes, essentially, um, would decide that we wanted to head out as a crew, all the cousins, and we could go as far as we wanted. Um, for the most part, there were some kind of natural boundaries, you know, creeks that went this way or the other way that we weren't supposed to cross, um, you know, like buildings on the property or sheds here or you know, a cabin there that we weren't supposed to go beyond that kind of thing but otherwise um, we could go as far as we wanted and be gone until um, it got dark or until we heard the family whistle. So Dana, what is your fondest memory from Thanksgiving as a kid? Well, I think that at the very least I always look back at Thanksgiving from when I was little um, to be a really special holiday because I would always do it with my dad's side of the family and then my mom's side of the family Um, but not on Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving I would just do it with my immediate family so it was always really um, it was kind of an exciting time just because I got to go to three different Thanksgivings and eat three different meals. 
Um, and it's interesting, as Casey was talking, I was kind of thinking about how um, weather influenced this growing up because um, in Wisconsin around Thanksgiving time, it's usually pretty cold and sometimes there's snow. So um, it would be sort of a thing where we were playing outside and then the adults are saying like, you need to come in right now you're gonna get like frostbite it's gonna be so cold and when you're little you don't you don't think that you like need to come in at all because you're so warm from running around but in actuality the adults would always be like keeping tabs on that so I brought I brought in um, some pictures um, my sister so so my grandmother, my dad's mom, who always hosted, well, my grandparents, but certainly my, my grandmother, who um, we called Tutu, and my grandfather, who we called Scoot. Um, Tutu and Scoot always hosted Thanksgiving um, out at the ranch, and um, Tutu is this amazing cook, so we would always have, you know, this huge spread of food, and of course, like, we're able to, even after the dinner, you know, or the lunch, as it were, snack all day long, um, and... Um, and so then, once we'd eaten lunch, you know, and we headed out, um, we would find fun places around the property to never, of course, make trouble, but just do, you know, really um, fun kids stuff. Um, and so they did, it, at one point they had some horses, it wasn't like a horse ranch or a, even a cattle ranch, but they had various animals, and there were these huge hay bales. And so we would walk out um, to where the hay bales were, and we would all climb up on top, um, of the hay bales. So this, there's a picture there of me, my cousin Stephanie, my cousin Taylor. It's our dog there. We named her Hafta because we told her parents we have to have her. Yeah, we would climb around on the um, on the hay bales. So my sister made this um, cookbook. And in the front it says the Hill Family Cookbook. Um, and one of the prominent pages in the cookbook, of course, is Thanksgiving because that was such a huge food day for us. Um, but um, yeah, and there's Tutu's pie crust, awesome. Tutu's pumpkin pie. Tutu was kind of a the force at Thanksgiving. She made some amazing stuff. But anyway, so, um, and we sat at a kid's table too, I would add. <laughs> um, and I don't know, I think there, I mean, I think people still do kid's tables, right? I mean, oh, yeah. that's that's a thing, yeah. right? So we we definitely sat at the kid's table and, awesome. and we weren't really, well, I don't think we even wanted to interrupt like adult conversation, but we really were kind of expected to like, you know, stay over the kid's table. This is back when still like, you know, Moms had babies in playpens and, you know, the old school stuff, you know. But um, so, yeah, the kids' table was meant to be where we kind of were able to be a little louder. It was in a separate, kind of an adjacent room, let's say that. Um, and I thought that was, I think that's a big part of my memories, too, because we were able to have our own little kind of parallel Thanksgiving dinner where not all of the same rules applied as at the adult table. On my dad's side, it's a little bit of a smaller soiree, and that's actually where my fondest memories come from, just because of the intimacy of it. But um, it's interesting that you talk about that, because on my mom's side, we never sat at a table, really. We kind of just get food buffet-style and then go find a spot, like, all over. So there's, like, the dining room. You can get a table if you get a spot there. Otherwise, you're on the couch or like sitting in a folding chair. What about you, Emily? Did you guys sit around a table? We did sit around a table, um, and it was very structured to where we could sit. Um, so it was, when my grandfather was alive, he was at the head, mm. and, then, and then it was my uncle. And it was very particular seating 
around the table in like some sort of like hierarchy. Um, and to this day, it's still it's still like that. Um, and there's like specific chairs, like the good chairs, like the chair that's not broken, the chair with the cushion, oh. um, the chair with the armrests. Like there's very <laughs> particular chairs um, that are that go to a certain person. So I'm the I'm the oldest grandchild mm. on the one side, and um, so I would always get the chair near my grandmother, and it was the good chair. And then go down the line from there, from youngest to oldest. Um, and for some reason, my my poor aunt would always get the the shittiest chair. <laughs> and it was just like, and my uncle is is a, a big jokester, and he would always be like, "Is this the year that she's gonna break the chair?" Um, it'd be like this running this running joke that uh, that my aunt Lori was eventually gonna break the chair, and she's like the tiniest lady in the face of the earth. Um, but she would always have this rickety old. Share. <laughs> and my grandma's apartment, which is where we normally will host Thanksgiving, she's got a dining room table, and whenever we come over, she'll always put the leaf in so it gets a little bit bigger. Um, and she's got it all set, and um, it's funny how typical it is in some ways because she's, it's always. Um, I have two cousins on that side, and then my brother, if he makes it home, and our parents are always saying, go help grandma in the kitchen, go help grandma, see what she needs, see what she needs, and then you go in, and you say, what can I help you with? Nothing, nothing good. Or what it, my job after, um, after dinner, when she's getting dessert ready, is always to whip the whipping cream. Oh, nice. And so that's what I, I'm allowed to help with. I'm not sure how helpful it really is. I can pour the water. Um, but everything else, and she's an amazing cook and makes the most delicious feasts. And we always have, um, that side of the family is Cajuns, so we always have crawfish, um, no matter what holiday it is. Except for Christmas, we have gumbo on Christmas. But, um, and she'll make apple pie, and she's got all of these cookbooks as well that she has her little notes taken down in. So I really like that idea. I think that's so cool. We should do that. Recently I called her and I asked her um, for her gumbo recipe. And just last week I got in the mail an envelope with my name on it and nothing else in the envelope but a copied page from her cookbook <laughs> with some little notes on it. <laughs> so do you guys have people like that in your family too who will just kind of, they do their thing and they just want to do it um, all themselves and I think it's I think it's definitely a way that they serve the family too though and really kind of like give their love through that food but don't necessarily always take the help when it's offered. <laughs> so my yeah so my grandmother Tutu was certainly like that she's no longer alive but um, she was absolutely in, in charge in the kitchen in fact so when we were there for Thanksgiving it was for a whole weekend and um, we would and she we, so we would show up you know on that Wednesday and she would, from her car, unload like bag after bag after box after whatever, you know, everything that she'd bought um, for every meal that entire weekend. I mean, she was prepared not just for Thanksgiving, yeah, um, the Thanksgiving meal, but for everything that we ate that entire weekend. And we all kind of look back at that these days and go, how in the world did she do that? You know, when we struggle these days thinking it's hard to just um, host for one meal. Um, but no, she never... Um, yeah, I think similar to your grandmother, you know, to your story about your grandmother, um, you know, she never really 
needed help or never, she wanted us to be out having fun, you know, being with our cousins. Um, well, and of course all weekend, our family um, had an ongoing uh, game of risk. That was my family's favorite game when I was growing up. And so you were either, no matter what your age were, was, you either played risk or you really didn't play a game, like a board game anyway. Whoa. So we, yeah, so we would divide up into teams, um, luckily. So we would always have an adult on our, um, on our team. But so there was an ongoing game of risk that we would, you know, walk away from, you know, with like peering over one shoulder, make sure no one was moving armies and that kind of thing. But um, so Tuju always wanted us just to, have fun doing that kind of stuff or, or you know, running around outside, like I said. Um, and she did have huge um, candy bowls on every coffee table in the house. Every one of my cousins will remember this, with like mini Snickers in them. So, um, yeah, you, you know, there was plenty to do, let's put it that way, without <laughs> stepping foot in the kitchen, which is, I think, the way she, she wanted, would prefer it. And these days, um, I'm not quite that um, obstinate about it, but I do like to just take over the preparation of a meal and let everyone else kind of enjoy themselves and hang out and immerse themselves in conversation, I think. Yeah. I'm just like hearing you describe the situation in your family and in my family, I, that would be a disaster. Um, I feel like leaving a board game out for four days is just calling for like mm. sabotage. Mm. Did yeah. anything ever like that happen? Because I'd be the first one, yeah. in all honesty, to like sabotage a game like that. Yeah. Like in the middle of the night. Yeah, I think especially my uncle Brian and my uncle Bobby. Brian is no longer with us, but, but uncle Bobby is, and I may have to make sure he listens to this podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that there was some sabotage going on there. Um, yeah, but I think the kids are probably too preoccupied to really notice. The, the adults are the ones keeping tabs on that. Um, and then, you know, there was some wine flowing, so I'm not even sure they were, they were keeping good tabs on it, but yeah, definitely some sabotage. Um, on, well, on my mom's side, games are a pretty big part of it, because that's got a, it's got more people, and we're all kind of just spread out throughout the house. Um, but the guys in that side of the family play a game called Sheep's Head. Mm. You guys ever heard of it? No? <laughs> no. <laughs> It's it's an extraordinarily complicated card game um, that I do not know how to play. But they play for nickels, nickels a hand, uh, and usually come back up saying, like, they, they usually play, like, in a basement or at least in a separate room because it gets loud. Um, so then they come out for dinner or when the game is over and they're like, I lost a dollar today. <laughs> Gotta get it back next time. <laughs> but like, it's so, they're so competitive about it. And especially my dad is, he's really funny about it. He's like, I'm down 25 cents from when I started. <laughs> so it's pretty funny. What about the, the structured table family? Any, any games there? Not necessarily board games, um, but we did play a lot of like two hand touch slash tackle football um, with the other kids in my grandparents' neighborhood. Um, most of my family lived really close to each other, so it was like kind of one big kind of our family versus this other family that lived on the street. I'm not going to say any names because there's still football tension that exists. Um, <laughs> but there was always this like empty lot on the end of the street that would go, we'd go play two-hand touch football. Um, but then also I would be the only girl playing. So it was really nice having someone that the the boys weren't allowed to like quote unquote tackle, um, but I could tackle. So mm -hmm. it was always it was always nice to <laughs> to be on that team. Um, 
but we didn't have any structured board games. Casey, do you have any uh, Thanksgiving disasters you can remember, either from your childhood or when you've been a host yourself? Food or not related? Yeah, I mean, in, in, let me think about that. Um, in my family, I, I, Joe, my husband Joe has a great one. Um, and I'm trying to think if we ever had a Thanksgiving disaster. You know, if it had to do with the food, we probably never knew because Tutu wouldn't have let us know. We were not supposed to go, you know, it was cold out. It wasn't Wisconsin, but it was cold out. You know, there we do get a you know, freeze in Texas anyway. Um, and um, so we were under strict, you know, orders not to get wet. You can go wherever you want. You can go, you know, to the limit, but the creek is the limit. You can't get in. You cannot get wet. You know, no wet clothes, because then, you know, wet clothes mean sick kids. And so there was a time when, I mean, you know, of course we had to get close to the creek, and then we decided we would make, like, boats, you know, out of leaves and sticks, <laughs> and it was all very sweet. But then our cousin Taylor kind of fell in and got wet, and then we had to kind of sneak back in the house and try to sneak his wet clothes into the dryer so that the parents wouldn't find out that we'd fallen in the, that he had fallen. It wasn't a deep creek, I'm just gonna say that now. My parents, it's making my parents sound like they're totally responsible, but it was a very shallow, just, you know, creek he would wade across. And, um, and then my grandmother, of course, immediately was like, what are these clothes in the dryer? And then we were busted, so. But no food disasters that I remember. No, like, turkey disasters. Well, so I mentioned that my, on actual Thanksgiving day, it was just my immediate family, and we never really had a tradition as far as food goes. Like, we wouldn't, we wouldn't get a whole turkey for four people. Um, so one year, we bought Cornish game hens for each person, and we had never cooked with these before, and my dad was just, in the kitchen, like trying to figure out how to, I don't even know really what was occurring, but like he got a little angry at the Cornish game hens. There was like chunks of meat flying everywhere and like fat. <laughs> and my mom was like, I just have to get out of the house right now. She went to like returns, she, she actually works at a library. I think she went to return some library books and like told her coworkers like, my husband's in the kitchen right now, like. That's, that's a pretty typical, I think when my dad gets in the kitchen, he sometimes will just be like, I'm gonna do it, and like goes a little overboard, and gets a little like in over his head, and it doesn't always turn out the greatest. So every, I feel like every year after that, we always talk about that, we always say, I'm not gonna get Cornish game hens this year, like <laughs> keep it simple. <laughs> I don't have like a food story either, uh, so I don't, I don't think I would ever, ever have known yeah. if something went wrong. Um, but there was a time, um, it wasn't, I was not that young, I'm just gonna throw that out there, um, that my cousins and I thought it'd be a good idea. Um, so my grandma has this really high, probably like 20 foot raised porch around her house. And so we thought it'd be a good idea to make paper airplanes and light them on fire. Oh my God. And throw them <laughs> off of the, uh, the porch, um, but then the porch went up quite a bit around the house, so we could do it on the side where like our parents couldn't see. Um, so we're throwing them, and we like we're like testing our limits to see how far we can throw it. 
and one actually like made it to the front of the house area. Um, and everyone inside saw this paper airplane on fire come across the window. I didn't get in too much trouble, and I wouldn't say it was a disaster, but it was not our greatest Thanksgiving <laughs> idea ever. Yeah. Casey, what does it mean to you to host Thanksgiving now? Thanksgiving is, I would say, not so different, really, um, from the way, from what it means for me to host any meal um, for people I care about. Um, it's just a, you know, kind of a bigger, grander excuse to do so, I guess, you know, a more traditional one. Um, it's, uh, it's a chance to, I think, have kind of an excuse to just relax and hang out for a while around a meal, you know, rather than um, feel that we have that kind of, or that typical like two hour window to, you know, sit down, eat, and then, you know, excuse ourselves. Um, I think that what it means for me is a chance to reconnect, typically because it's with family, but also with friends. Um, it's a chance to connect and reconnect to people that I don't usually get to spend quite that much time with. Um, and cook some of the things sometimes that, you know, are my grandparents cooked. Um, or experiment with new and exciting recipes for my most recent Bon Appetit magazine, you know, <laughs> both, because I'm, I'm not a stickler for, de for you know, details. I, I think that a tradition um, and trying things new go alongside each other very well. Um, but yeah, I think that getting people um, together in and around the kitchen always invites memories. Um, and uh, Thanksgiving, again, like I said, it, for me, I don't think it's very different from, from most meals. Um, I consider it to be very, um, kind of hallowed ground, I guess, where um, yeah, we're asked to linger a little bit more than usual. And big meals are kind of symbolic in that way, I think. For me personally, I like Thanksgiving and I enjoy Thanksgiving even more than I do Christmas because it's, it's so focused on the food and the meal, which is um, simpler than all of the things that come along for Christmas. Um, at least that's my opinion. So I was, I really love, and I love fall. I love this time of year when it's just kind of going into to winter, and I think it's a really special time. I have a little bit of a, um, an interesting um, request. request. I wondered, yeah, I wondered if you would let me um, call my dad and get him to do the family whistle. Oh, yeah. yes. I need you to, because this family whistle, I just want to tell you, speaking of Thanksgiving or any other holiday, when we go home now, still, that is how we know that it's time to come in from like, whether it's, you know, if we're like, you know, I was gonna say shooting hoops, you know, shooting, you know, <laughs> hoops outside, that's mainly Joe. And the guys, I, I don't do that so much, but you know, if I'm like <laughs> taking a long walk <laughs> around and I hear the family whistle, then it still means that, um, yeah, it's time to come in. So I thought I might call my dad and, and um, get him to do it for you, because I, I can't do it. Hey, daddy. Thought I might ask you a favor to see if you'd do the family whistle for the uh, for the podcast, the Farmcast. We're talking about Thanksgiving, and I and I can't do it justice. Okay, we do it again. Okay. It kind of sounds like a bird call. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Daddy. Yeah. Um, but it does remind me that we also um, once on Thanksgiving on a certain Thanksgiving before everyone, um, well, when we were all young, we went on a snipe hunt. Oh yeah. That was the other thing we did. Which snipes aren't real, by the way. I'm just here to tell you. Thanks to that hunt, I know that now. <laughs>
They're not real in, in Liberty Hill, Texas, anyway. So I just realized what my fondest memory is of Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, and it has nothing to do with food at all. Um, I, to this day, am still in love with the Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City. Um, I used to watch it every time, uh, every time I would come on. And like, part of me still is like, one of my dreams in life is to be one of those balloon holders. Because <laughs> they always look so happy. And they're just like walking down the street with a big balloon. <laughs> Like, that's what I want to do. And then it's like, as soon as, like, Santa Claus would come, then it's, like, time to leave. But I used to also play the game where it's, like, they'd be like, oh, brought to you by, I don't know, Barbie. And then there would be, like, the Barbie commercials. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's, like, ad placement. So, like, even at a young age, I was, like, picking up on ad placement. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I always thought I was, like, so smart for figuring that out. I was like, oh yeah. it's going to be a Legos commercial next. <laughs> like, I got this stupid game. <laughs> oh. Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the parade. Yeah, I love the parade. And just like the commentary from like the Today Show hosts. Yeah. It's classic. I was thinking about um, football because, yes, we definitely watched football. And back in those days, well, actually, up until pretty recently, there was the big rival game that happened on Thanksgiving. And that was between um, University of Texas, so the Longhorns, and um, Texas A&M Aggies. And I have family who went to school at both schools. So, um, yeah, we would always watch the big, the big game. I'm not sure how much, actually, the kids really paid attention to, but it was certainly always on. Um, so we watched the Macy's Day Parade, and then we would always watch the um, UT A&M game. And, and like, as I'm thinking of that, about that, that's probably maybe true for all of us here, sitting here, but you, know, you start to put all those pieces together, like, you know, the parade's on, you get, like picture where like the kitchen was, and we're talking about the kids' table and like the food and the football, and you, like I can picture the table where Risk was set up, and it's like <laughs> it's such a, yeah. I think that props for a lot of us, you know, Thanksgiving is just um, yeah. There's so many memories tied into it. Actually, it's very, it's a pretty, pretty, yeah, it's a pretty <laughs> pretty important time. Yeah. Yeah. As you were talking about that, I was thinking about how we always have the game on it's not necessarily something we just watch um you know there's always conversation but for um my dad and brother and uncles it's always you know you can just hear the sports talk like rattling off stats for their season passing yards and all that stuff um and comparing that and making predictions and you know kind of like oh they're not doing so good this year or the other way around if it happens to be that but I know the Packers are playing on on Thanksgiving this year so it'll be a little tense in my household <laughs> uh, so are the Eagles oh they're also playing who are they play the Lions we're playing like the Bears I think Casey mm. what are you grateful for I'm grateful for many things actually but these days, um, I've been feeling very grateful for my community, actually, um, and just feeling the how deep it runs, I would say, here. Um, and I'm talking specifically about here in San Jose, where we live now. Um, we moved here about eight years ago, and in that eight years, I've really felt, um, felt it very tangibly, felt it um, grow and become a significant part of what makes me 
happy um, and connected. So from my next door neighbors um, to staff here at Vegilution, um, to, you know, the checker down at Zanato's that I buy coffee from, I think, um, seriously, I think that it's just, it's a wonderful place to be, to live, and um, I'm very, yeah, grateful for all those people that, that, uh, that are in my community. I'm actually going to answer very similarly to Casey. I am grateful for making genuine connections, um, even though I've only been here since August. And a lot of that has to do with the people I work with and, and the community at Vegilution. Um, I'm not a person that thrives on surface level anything. I love making genuine connections and digging deeper and I'm grateful that my work community and job allows me to do that. Um, and really similar, it, it makes me happy. I feel like it's a, it's a big reason why I'm happy here living in San Jose. Emily is thankful for camping. <laughs> no, but <laughs> for the past three years, I've had Thanksgiving with, um, and it's just a bunch of people who don't really have family living in the direct area. So we kind of just all get together um, and just hang out and have a huge potluck Thanksgiving. Um, and it's really nice to have that, especially if you're not from here. Um, it's, it's nice to have that kind of like camaraderie of friends together on Thanksgiving. And this year we're going camping and it's gonna be so cold. Um, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also um, very grateful for my husband Joe's ability to make an incredibly delicious apple pie. <laughs> Just want to say that. And the, and the crust is, is the best part. I'd be really grateful if he would make two of them. And so Casey can bring one in, the, in to work. Um, and I'm really grateful that Joe is learning the chords to River and Roads. I uh, can't wait to jam with you. Um, Joe, if you're listening, perhaps we could eat apple pie and listen to your rendition of River and Roads. We'd be very grateful for that. So we'd like to thank Casey for being on the Farmcast today, uh, for sharing all her awesome stories. So it was really great to talk with you both about um, our family memories and Thanksgiving, and really interesting that although we didn't really mention that any of our families did the same things, they're still always connected around food and family, those basic kind of things. Um, this farmcast is sponsored by Joe's Apple Pie, made from Casey's apple tree and Joe's love. Check out our next episode of the farmcast airing on Monday where Dana and Emily, and me too a little bit, um, interview longtime Vegilution supporter and longtime San Jose resident, Pat Nichols. Chuck, you heard what Linus was saying out there. Those early pilgrims were thankful for what had happened to them. And we should be thankful too. We should just be thankful for being together. I think that's what they mean by Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown. <laughs>